got friends, only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I've been reading all the work. I've been shutting out the stars. Yeah, cause when it rain, then it pours. Yeah, and I'm ready for some more. Yeah. Put that coffee down. I'm Dooner here. This is a Freight Sales Podcast for Closer, joined by Kevin Hill. <laughs> today, today we're going to be talking about. Today we're going to be talking about the most common question asked in freight. What is it? Where is my freight? Yeah, where's my freight? Right? Where is it at? Everybody wants to know where their freight is. And you know, what? everyone gets annoyed when you call them up looking for the freight, especially in this day and age where visibility is starting to become table stakes. But in our other sessions, we talked about how we're still making that transition to a paperless world because this is freighted. You know, we, it, look, you have a lot of countries, a lot of intermediaries involved. So getting that full visibility plugged them in, not the easiest challenge in the world. It is not. It's not an easy thing to, to solve. 20 years ago, we were talking about going paperless. We're still talking about it in 2020. We'll probably be talking about it in 2030, but visibility has come a long way since then, since I started as, as a freight broker, yeah. where I'm just pounding the phone every morning, making 50 calls to get a hold of six drivers, Yeah. right? And and then <laughs> trying to communicate that all around, you know, it took up uh, a lot of my days. So everything's getting digitized, but it's still not anywhere near where it should be. I mean, it's still a very evolving game. You know what, I'm excited about our guest today, too. Robin Jacks is going to be joining us in a little bit here because he's, he's, got his, he's in the game. He's got skin in the game. He's been dealing with this stuff. We've been out of the brokerage side for a little while, so we're not even up to date on every single advancement that's happened. So he's going to help us help you sell visibility. But we'll talk about some of the challenges and some of the advancements that we're seeing and ways you can, you can leverage it and all of those kind of things. This show is called Put That Coffee Down. We are a podcast. We're available on podcast players everywhere. Look up Put That Coffee Down or look up Freightcast, and you get every single Freightways podcast. You can also join us live. We've built a really nice community here on LinkedIn where uh, every Wednesday, noon Eastern time, Freightways LinkedIn. Definitely check us out on that channel. But uh, in the meantime, let's get let's get into the show. First of all, if you're familiar with the show, you know that we're highly interactive. We like to talk to the audience a lot on this show. Yes. And I'm glad there was a great comment in the comment section from Adam Robinson. And he goes, hey, what are some of the freight technology or other advanced technologies that you think will make the most impact on global trade in the next five years? What did Blythe have to say? Blythe had to say. She said, personally speaking, She's, all the yes. tech is great to see, but I hope to see how it collaborates together, too. I'm guilty of buying the fancy new software before I know how it fits into my workflow. More APIs so the new tools talk together would be fantastic. I, You know, that's funny, too. Blythe is such a freight nerd. Mm-hmm. And I say that uh, from the bottom of my heart. Blythe such a freight nerd that she likes to just go and acquire technology because she thinks it's cool. I know. I, I think a lot of people are like that because... Everyone has, what, maybe 20 tabs open on, yeah. on their Google Chrome or the Edge or whatever you use, Firefox. You have 20 tabs open because you have a software vendor that will do everything. But one of the other things that's a major theme in this conference and every conference and all over the world is integrations, APIs, sure. integrations, that one screen solution. And that's something I've been hearing uh, about for uh, for at least a decade, that yeah. one screen solution, not having 20 tabs or logging in 15 different times. But that's what, yeah, what happens when you go on a software buying spree. 
It's an extension of that that app fatigue to uh, portal fatigue. Mm-hmm. Michael Vincent's got a big smile in here. I'm not sure what exactly he's uh, he's enjoying. Uh, oh, because he says paperless will never work. Okay. Uh, John at Cargo Labs, he, you know, John brings up the fact that 5G is really going to fundamentally change how data is moved and transformed. And it's also going to aid a lot in visibility, but also payments. He pointed out Apple Wallet, Vemo, Cash App, just getting people that revenue quicker. And then Samantha Foley from Turbo, she, she mentions what you did, those open integrated networks where shippers, carriers, drivers, 3PLs, and third parties can all interact. And then I guess the difficulty there is then getting around that app fatigue and that portal fatigue where people feel like they're just in too many systems. And then once again, you know, you got the data, but now it's just siloed in new silos. It's siloed in new silos. And you're talking about global trade. Yeah. We're talking about global trade today. So it's, it's getting everyone to adopt the same system around the world in different regions, different countries. And that's much harder than it is uh, just here in the good old United States yeah. or North America. And so you have that that issue. But I, I like the, the 5G wireless. I, I think in a lot of the developing world, that's really going to be a, a nice uh, nice move up. Yeah, and, you're not worried and, about catching COVID-19 from it. I, I am not. Okay. From the 5G network. No, yes. no. I, I was a couple months ago, but not now. <laughs> Leave our towers alone. <laughs> Leave our towers Tim, alone. Tim, Tim Mulheek, he says, we got sick of the questions of where is the freight? So we developed an in-house tracking link to email customers a link where they could find out where the load is. We also developed one to remind brokers about the detention request we're trying on. You know, I tried to do that in my broker days. Um, this was a few years ago, but th- didn't have as much success. People still wanted to, well, yeah, to that, call it. Actually, that, you're exactly right. And that's a, a good question for the audience right now is how receptive are shippers logging into their own system and checking uh, and tracking their own orders, mm. their own freight? Because I know we've been out of the game for a few years. Yeah. And, you know, I, I try to set up automated emails or, yeah. or, or phone calls uh, or logins, right, in our TMS. Uh, for shippers to go in and they could check it themselves, but they didn't want that. They wanted me to actually uh, deliver it to, via email or give them a call or, or something. They just didn't want to take, they, they had app fatigue as well, right? Yeah. So you know, shippers have 30 tabs open as well. Yeah, so here's their op- own software. Open poll to the audience, yes. as Kevin just said. How, are, how is that working for you? How is that visibility and that tracking working for you? Are customers adopting it? Are they enjoying it? Are they loving it like you want them to love it? Is it that easy sort of sell in the sense that, well, like Michael Vince and I talked about there, it's almost table stakes. You have to have it now. If you don't have visibility, you're not going to attract the partners that need it and many, many more. Do We do a lot of segments on the show, Kevin Hill. One of them is today in bad marketing. Yep. And this week, we were, we were handed a big fish. It's the... Uh, if you go back to 2016 at, at Nicola World, right? Mm-hmm. They tried to de- they debuted this this Nicola one. They made a lot of promises. They say that this, you know, they, very boldly, Trevor Milton. He says this truck's not a pusher. They made a video of it with no disclaimer, saying that the truck was in motion. Um, they made some claims about how many miles per gallon we get, which have shaved down a, a lot since then. And I think it was 17 at that Nicola World. I watched it again last night. I think they were saying get about 17 miles per equivalent hydrogen gallon, and now that's all the way down to I think seven. which if you guys are familiar with diesel, not a great number. But this GM deal comes out, and then all of this previous marketing that Nikola did suddenly comes into question. And the reason we highlight this is there's a lot of businesses, a lot of startups coming out in this community, and it's uh, just be careful what you 
put out there, right, Kevin? Uh, exactly right. Be careful what you put out there. I, I really didn't follow Nikola all that closely. I know you do. Yeah. Uh, you, you love to, to follow the, the company and, it's, uh, you know, entertaining CEO, nice little rivalry with, with Tesla. Uh, but I started digging into it the last couple of days uh, since the short seller report came out. And, uh, and, and there's a lot of things that are, are, are kind of iffy about it. Yeah. You know, I mean, going back to that, you know, they really haven't uh, developed anything for the last four or five years. Now they're in a part an investment with GM that the more you read about it, the less of an investment is, and it's more like maybe a partnership, kind of a, a you know, heads GM wins, yeah. tells uh, Tesla loses. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta be careful. Though, you gotta be careful. I'll tell you what, though, the market right now, they after that dive down, I think the stock's up six percent or so. So the market doesn't hate it, but they might be looking for the bag holders. So just be careful out there, and also be careful what you put out. I mean, maybe a disclaimer in the motion video instead of having to retract yes. it later and saying, "Well, it was in motion because it was being driven downhill by gravity." <laughs> uh, I, I, last time I checked, uh, gravity and, and hydrogen weren't the same. Hey, Victoria McClossage from uh, from Ryder, we had uh, we had a guest on from them earlier. She says, "Dang, outfit change again." I am impressed. Yeah, you know, it's like the Oscars. You gotta you gotta bring the wardrobe with you. And you come here. Samantha Foley says she misses the ant animal print, though. Just she saying. does. <laughs> it, was, it was a very flashy animal print early, yeah. earlier this morning. Right. You have a, a whole like closet over here in the back of the, the studio yeah. on conference day, so you can change out. Yeah, if you'd like to sponsor the wardrobe. Uh, uh, T. Dooner at FreightWaves.com. Uh, here's a quote for you. Age had not made him less handsome, as is often the case. It had made him less visible. That's from Oren Pumak from the Museum of Innocence. And the reason I picked that quote, Kevin Hill, as we always do a quote on this show, mm -hmm. is uh, there's a lot of great legacy companies there, right? And it doesn't necessarily make them less handsome. But it does make them less visible when they're not updating their technology. Exactly right. You know, a lot of uh, legacy companies out there, they're, they're sometimes hesitant on, on going all in on the, the new trends just because yeah. it's a, a threat to their existing business. Uh, but you always have to be innovating. You have to always be out there uh, meeting the market and meeting the needs and, and, and all of that. Here's a sales hut tip for you. You and I both think like salespeople, we always try to give away one tip to lead this thing off. And since we're talking about visibility, let's talk about prospect visibility, right? Generating more leads by keeping abreast and keeping track of less obvious triggers and events. And a lot of salespeople, they make this mistake, right? They'll sit around, they'll wait for their company to make a new product offering. Oh, do we have a new one sheet on this? Is marketing giving me a new one sheet? Can I go and push this iteration of whatever I have? Where I want to challenge you. I want you to go out instead and set up some Google alerts for, for some of your top prospects and start following the company. Start understanding the business challenges that your companies are facing. And you need your own visibility for that. So you set up the Google Alerts. You do your own Google. When you're in Salesforce looking at that unchecked lead or they hadn't gone there, you can do two things. Go on LinkedIn and look up the person you, you want to, to talk with. Look what they've been posting about. Look what they're saying. And keep abreast of their company. Those S1 filings. Hey, maybe call Trevor Milton and be like, hey, I know you're having a little trouble <laughs> with this Nikola Press right now. Maybe we can help you out. Yeah, maybe, maybe we can, you know, get, yeah. get some freight and we'll, we'll move it for you. Uh, but, but you're exactly right. I have so many Google Alerts right now set up. I, I have to actually go in and trim them down. Okay, I was going to say I do, that. Uh, you know, basically covering news stories and, and research and, and customers, prospects uh, that I have in the pipeline. So I, I, I have probably 20 Google Alerts. I have to, to kind of tamp down the frequency, but being abreast of, of your prospects and whatever change, maybe they have a new product. Maybe they uh, have a management change. Maybe the, the guy who won't take your calls leaves and, and someone else comes in. You know, <laughs> you have to know all of that, and that's great visibility. 
Wow. Take, turn the camera around and show the audience your wardrobe team, Dooner. It is an army of me, as Bjork once said. Uh, Eric Sirtis says, I can't believe it's sweater vest weather already. I'm not sure what he means by that. Uh, well, you have a sweater vest on. Oh, yeah. Well, you, this well, is what salespeople know. have to wear. It is. Yes. yes. This, is, this is part of the uniform, or else you won't get taken seriously. I, it probably should be Patagonia, to be honest with you. It, it should be. Yeah. I, that's I'm a free way. Uh, the, I know, right? For Patagonia. It's Patagonia around here. Yeah. So, Kevin, uh, just before we move on from that topic, mm -hmm. though, in terms of visibility, so you mentioned it, you touched on it, you say you set up all these alerts, but what happens when, okay, the, the problem with visibility is having too much visibility because then it just it obscures all those clear lines that you want to see. So you go in and you, you pare down your alerts. Is there another way, is there a best practice for just keeping some prospect visibility? I, but besides Google Alerts or yeah. things that you can do with Google Alert? Well, either either well, way. LinkedIn, LinkedIn the same way. You yeah. can get alerts on, on LinkedIn uh, that, that has changes. Uh, you know, I, Google Alerts is probably the best thing if you, if you really want to just uh, keep a, a little bit of a tap. You know, it's, it's a thin line sometimes between uh, research and uh, stalking. You know, it's a thin line, but don't be afraid to cross it. You know, they're talking here, too. Eric Serta is in the comments on the Put That Coffee Down channel. He's like, five screens, I have two and a TV, and I thought that was too much. I feel like I'm in star command, our own Michael Vincent. is talking about all these tabs. Yeah, this is, this is a real problem, and it's like visibility. I can see my thing, but how can I see something when I don't have – I'm not a spider. You know, I don't get a, an array of eyeballs here. I've only got two eyes to look at, at what I can. And so part of it is how do we make these, these portals integrated and, and look great? But also, let's talk about some of the power of visibility as we get into our topic right now. According to Geodis 2017 Supply Chain Survey, just 6%, I'm sure this has changed a little bit, but at the time, just 6% of companies believe they'd fully, they'd achieved full supply chain visibility. About 77% of companies said they either have no visibility or a very restricted view. Now, I'm not surprised by the 6%. Those are smart, realistic people, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if, if you suddenly go, I've, I've achieved all the visibility I can. Okay, Sauron. Yeah, no, yeah. Right? no, you haven't. They're coming for you, baby. They're coming to Mordor. Uh, but 77% uh, yeah. of companies say they have either no visibility or restricted view. Now, that is a shocking number, but not a surprising one. It, it is a shocking number. I know, I know we're talking about mostly freight visibility, but, you know, all through the supply chain, procurement, raw materials, on the factory floor, in manufacturing, out of manufacturing, distribution. You have, uh, you know, uh, most companies don't know where anything is. Yes. Because they're running off Excel, mostly. The companies that are doing well, here's, here's some good news for you. The companies that are doing well, survey conducted by ARC Advisory Group, 30% of respondents in that survey achieved freight savings of more than 12% of their total spend. You know, we had a guest on here before, Steve Ferreira. Remember him? I do remember, remember him, Remember he was yeah. on here, and he was talking about billing and auditing, and he was talking about presenting. And, but one of the things from his clip was talking about freight bill visibility. And mm -hmm. the clip he uses from that, from his cell deck, he has a, he has a cell deck and he goes, by page six, I yep. close the deck. And on page six, he has a, a gentleman from Maersk. Uh, name's evading me right now, but the gentleman uh, but, but, from Maersk. The, the, the CEO from Maersk. Yeah, the CEO yeah. from Maersk was saying that, I think it was 12% of freight bills are wrong. Yeah, he was. He was saying 12% of freight bills are, are wrong. And, and Ferrer has a, a great uh, slide deck. It's on one of our previous episodes that you can find on Freightcast or on-demand video uh, from two or three weeks ago. And uh, can you imagine that? 12% of all freight bills are – so everyone needs visibility. Yeah. And, and a lot of times – you were talking about this earlier before we got on air – is that that paper, that physical paper, right? That physical paper was a visibility for, for, for customers. But a lot of that is – is is completely and utterly wrong. Yeah. So there's a lot of visibility that if we if we even move beyond the the, the physical goods, but the paper, the billing, 
the uh, oh, yeah. the regulatory, you know, customs clearance. You have all of this other data out there. Uh, you know, freight bills being one of the the, the top ones that, uh, that that people need visibility on as well. Well, absolutely, and I'm glad you brought up the paper. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those things where we're going to look back on, and it's like, I can't believe we used to do it that way. You know, you're going to have Gen Z coming in, and they're going to be like, what, I, I, like I, my, my ability to write with my hand is almost atrophying right now. Like, I, it, my handwriting is terrible. Oh, it's yes. like, I, I try to be as paperless as possible. And I can imagine that the younger people get, like, the, the more and more away from that ability to work with paper. You know, Charlie DeHoney, he put this really into context. Mm -hmm. Here's a quote from him. He said, in short, FVPs, which are freight visibility platforms, is that a new one for you? Kevin Hill said, FVPs, the first time you heard it was today. It, it was, FVPs. Well, it's a new term. It's, a, it's an emerging market. A lot of players. you got the Project Project 44, Four mm -hmm. Kites, Ocean Insights of the World. A lot of different players going. The writers doing it as well. Yes. But FVPs are becoming the connectivity tissue that binds shippers, carriers, intermediaries, and all other key stakeholders involved in the execution of a shipment, providing a technological layer that enables much-needed interoperability. A freight visibility platform becomes a single integration point for the various technology applications that are used to plan, dispatch, track, and convey delivery and billing enterprise uh, and billing for enterprise shippers. It's more than just knowing exactly where your freight is. It's knowing all of the other assets that go along with it. One of them being that billing. One of them being the building, and, and I, I think Charlie's saying that it should be the nucleus. The visibility is the nucleus. You have to have visibility throughout the uh, supply chain or network or sphere, uh, like the sphere behind me right here. Uh, you know, this matrix of, of data, you have to have visibility for, through the entire process to really get uh, operational efficiency. Yeah, I'm looking at that sphere. It looks like we're making an anonymous video or I, something. I know, right? like, we are to have control of your files <laughs> right now. We have visibility on those. Um, <laughs> value added. Uh, locate. So a big thing, too. So remember the big ELD story? 2018 was just rife with the, mm -hmm. the ELD stories. It caused havoc on capacity, all these kind of things. But my argument at that time, my argument still to this day, is that, that ELDs provide you a ton of data, especially valuable data to carriers, right? Valuable, valuable data. And that location data for the drivers from their cell phone positioning, especially as we add in those 5G networks, I mean... The amount of savings this, this is going to bring to carriers as they, as they optimize is, is fundamentally very, very powerful. It is very, very pow powerful. And you said it right there, a ton of data, almost too much data. Yes. Everyone's trying to figure out what is actionable data, what's inactionable data, how to integrate all these ELD providers into a, a single platform. So it's almost a, a, a curse of too much data right now where everyone's trying to figure out how to how to optimize it. And it's gonna take a few years probably for, for that process to, to to clean through. But at the end of that, at the end of that, the visibility game will will change once again. We have a couple of comments here. John from Cargo Labs, he, uh, he's trying to gamify truck tracking. That's pretty cool. He says, we see visibility is a question of cost of visibility versus cost of losing a load. And for most brokers, that could be a uh, variable for every load. You know, losing one load, to, to me, if, if I own a company and I find out we lose a load, I'm immediately afraid we're going to lose an entire customer. So visibility to me is more than an equation of just mm -hmm. one load. It, it, can be an, it can be about your entire business. Caitlin Murphy says, doing what logisticians do best, multitasking, analyzing a customer's OG 
get her export volumes and taking notes uh, from what is one of her favorite sessions. Wow, she really enjoyed that one with Ben Gordon. You know, we need to have an expert come on to get us up to speed on what is happening in this space of visibility. And we, have, we could have no better one than Robin Jacks from Ocean Insights. Yeah, it would be very, very interesting that the carrier side or the ocean carrier side, the container side, is something that, that we don't have a lot of visibility in ourselves uh, day to day. Uh, we're more, or I know I am, focused more on domestic things. So it's going to be really interesting. Uh, it's going to be a powerful, powerful interview uh, on the other side of the, the, the break here in a few seconds. Yeah, visibility throughout the entire process, like we said, it's the procurement, the raw materials, manufacturing floor, in progress, warehouse, distribution. Yeah. Where does on those planes, those trains, those trucks, that rail. Right now, that volume's all flowing throughout the supply chain. Now, we've laid out the problem for you. We're talking about what it is. We got all the portals here. Robin Jacks will be with us on the other side of the break to pull, to pull it, to tie the bow for it, pull it all together, get us up to speed. I hope that we can learn from him uh, on this one. He'll guide us through what's in that space. It's going to be a, a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much for joining us here on Put That Coffee Down. We'll be right back after this commercial break. <laughs> Kevin Hill, let's head on over to Hamburg, Germany for our next guest. It's Robin Jacks. He's the chief commercial officer over at Ocean Insights, and he's going to tell us, you know, how visibility works for them and how we can go about selling it, right? Yes. It's all about selling visibility today. And Robin, how are you doing? How are you doing over in Hamburg, Germany? Where it is already getting dark. Yeah. Hello, guys. Hey, Thank you very much for having me. It's a great pleasure. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to the chat with you here. Hey, Robin, just introduce yourself a little bit. What's, what's your background? How did you get involved in this gambit? Yeah, very good. So I've been working with Ocean Insights from the very beginning, which was uh, in 2015. And um, I, you know, I don't have a visibility background, if there's anything like it, right? No, I'm, uh, I'm uh, I went to, <laughs> is it? No, I, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I have an economics background and politics background. And at some point, a couple of friends asked me whether I would like to join you know, their company, they pitched me the idea uh, and told me, you know, companies want to know where their containers are. And I couldn't believe that, uh, you know, this thing didn't exist. Robin, it's funny you say essential. that. So many people that I talk, that we've interviewed that come in supply chain that don't come from the world of supply chain. And a lot of us don't. We came from other things. And they, they come into this field and they're like, wait, you can't do that? There's this opportunity to, to create these systems or to add this customer service or to bring this, this layer in. Uh, that's got to excite you, right? Exactly. And um, I think I was kind of confused when we started because I honestly assumed that something like this would be around. And indeed, I mean, like there was Intra, there was the website that carries, there was EDI. But uh, essentially what customers were looking for was data, um, you know, that you could build uh, processes on top, right? That you could uh, build a reporting logic on top. And very few companies felt comfortable doing this with the existing data standards. And, you know, this is, uh, you know, where we came in and where we tried to make a change. So, so on the data side, exactly what were, were customers looking for? What, what were shippers looking for on, on data, and what were they expecting? Or what were they trying to, to use it for? Right. Well, you know, basically, I see there are two buckets, right? So some 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 shippers approach this from an operational perspective, right? These guys say, I want to have the best ETA in the world. I don't trust what the shipping line is saying. I don't trust what the freight forward is saying, right? Um, I want to, you know, I want to know exactly when this thing's going to arrive. And, uh, well, you know, we are from Germany, and uh, amongst our first customers were the big automotive companies here, and these guys were obsessed with ETA accuracy. So, you know, this is the one group, uh, very operational focus. 
And then the second group, and uh, I think this is even more complex, but this is emerging as the main, um, you know, main driver for visibility, I would say, these days, is the procurement perspective, right? So how can I leverage data to make smarter decisions about network design, uh, contracting, um, even inventory management, right? And I think, you know, there's no magic kind of turn switch where, where you can just enable uh, visibility and then all your things, uh, all, all, you know, things will fall into uh, place. No, I mean, you have to work with it, right? You, it's, it's just data, but it helps you a great deal to answer such questions. You know, shipment ETAs can be highly inaccurate. Um, how do we go about solving that? Because that was one of the things that would drive me nuts. I used to work for a perishable uh, fish brokerage company. People always looking for that freight, and especially the frozen ocean stuff coming in from China, squid like that. Mm -hmm. And they look it up, they'd be like, well, the ETA says September 18th. And you're like, and their website still says September 18th. And it's like, yeah, but it's at anchor by the port and that kind of thing. There's not, it's not really true visibility. It's more like guesstimations. Has that improved a lot? And how are we working towards improving that visibility? Yeah, from great question. And um, from very early on, you know, we, we, we tried to see if there were uh, some low-tech uh, solutions to that problem, right? So we found out that, um, you know, you can do a lot of things with um, pro probability checks, right? This stops short of being a prediction, right? But simply having a probability check in your data uh, aggregating system will help a great deal to make uh, more accurate and more precise uh, uh, estimates. However, we didn't stop there. Um, so I think, you know, we spent a great deal, uh, a, a great many resources at developing uh, an actual prediction, uh, prediction engine that allows to predict ETAs independently from the shipping line based on, you know, data patterns, based on sailing schedules, based on ship performance, uh, you know, the, uh, distance to the port and so on and so on. And before you ask, you know, like we're not there yet. We haven't fully maxed out the full potential of predictions. Right, so we're still improving, but um, you know it's it's operational, and many customers use this to uh, prepone the decision for air freight, for example. Right, a couple of days, and this will potentially save you millions. Right, if you can just say, you know, uh, not send one plane with uh, you know uh, things you would have uh, shipped with a container, that's amazing. So, so you, you mentioned, Robin, and, and, and Duna did too, uh, ETAs and operational efficiencies and, and using visibility to do that. How about on the sales side? How does your customers use visibility and visibility solutions to improve their sales game? Yes, amazing question. So, um, you know, this was a little unclear to us when we started, right? But um, from very early on, we, we began to understand that uh, visibility is mainly also a customer service driven, um, driven thing, right? So. Uh, and, and, and whenever we develop something, we have the customer's customer uh, in mind because they want to have some, some they want to have a portal where they can track their own stuff. They want to have, you know, I think the Amazon experience, that's kind of a, you know, everyone's using this these days. But what we mean by that is that you have a tracking link in your confirmation email, right? Uh, and you can then access a branded UI from our customer where you can see what the status of the shipment is. And this will first increase the, uh, you know, the, 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 the decrease the workload of the um, customer success departments at our customers because people stop calling and asking where their shipments are. And um, their customers like it a lot because there's a nice map on it. There is, uh, you know, accurate ETAs and they have something to play around with. So everyone, uh, you know, has a good time with visibility. 
You know, selling visibility, it's a sneaky equation. And, and one of the reasons why is just the behavior of people in logistics. And I, Ivana Vasquez, she actually puts it really well. She says, having the capability and access to check statuses online 24-7 is great. However, I find that customers and brokers often would just rather call and talk to a CSR rep to provide that information. How do we, how do we, how do we reframe that thinking? How do we train them that this is going to save them money? They got to get with the rest of the world. They got to make these things faster. And it, it almost seems crazy in 2020 to just be relying on CSR reps for readily available information. Why would you want to wait on the phone or, or wait for an email reply just to type in a web address and a number? It, you know, it seems obvious, but clearly there's a behavioral challenge for some people. So how do we get over that? Well, you know, I happen to know many of these CSR reps too, and uh, <laughs> these are great. And I would always yeah. to call them too, right? <laughs> but I think, you know, um, it doesn't scale very well, and and and, and um, I think the economics of of, of having a, a very nice interface and having this data right at your fingertips will eventually convince even the last big fan of of personal direction that uh, this is the future. But don't get me wrong, uh, you know, I love these guys and we uh, work together for a long time and, uh, you know, we, we, we have them in our peer group and we build new products, so we always have them in mind. You know, Robert, I, you know, we've done a lot of domestic, you've done more international than, than yeah. I have, mostly domestic and, and trucking visibility, and that was always a challenge. It was always a challenge for just trucking visibility, one regime, run one regulatory structure. What are some of the challenges whenever you're, you're doing ocean freight containers that are uh, going through, through multiple countries and, and keeping that, that visibility uh, and those guidelines in place? Yeah, then you add in the import and export docs import, and that kind yeah, of stuff exactly, too, and yeah. customs clearance. You might have F FDA. Exactly, exactly. So I think, you know, uh, we, we anticipated many of these struggles that you mentioned, right? But um, I think, you know, our ambition from very early on was to have a tool that works globally, right? In every region and every uh, geography. And, um, you know, this means then also uh, having, you know, making some trade-offs, right? So some countries will probably provide you great data about, um, you know, customs clearance, for example, right? And others won't. Uh, and, 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 you know, for us, um, we were all about consistency, right? For us, we want to make sure the uh, visibility is the same at the shores of Australia and it's the same in, in, in India, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I guess we don't face that many regulatory um, challenges as our peers from, from the truck visibility. Um, but I think, you know, the data, the data input is, 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 is rather challenging. So I don't know if you're familiar with same schedules. And, 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 you know, uh, you know it's, it's, it's kind of difficult to figure out what the truth is. Um, so there's a lot of contradicting data, and you have to know all about the data model. You have to know all about the actual generation of that data in the first place to, um, you know, come up with a meaningful analysis. Now, Robin, money moves minds, right? People, people like to make money. They love to, to save money. We put out that statistic, 12% savings realized mm -hmm. by people using these visibility tools. But let's narrow that down a little bit. Which industries do you think stand to profit the most from visibility and in what ways? Because knowing this stuff, especially on a topic like visibility, I think is what helps inform selling it, right? Because, again, visibility in a lot of ways is a customer service tool. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And uh, let, me say, let me put it this way. I think if you have a tremendous amount of containers, there's no way that you can't save money with, uh, with visibility. <laughs> right? So yeah. It's, yeah. It's, uh, it's possible. Um, just to give you an example, right? I mean, COVID hit the whole industry pretty hard, and I'm glad to see that you know, we're all recovering right now. But 
Uh, at the same time, with shoe, uh, I mean, the, the visibility community is quite small. You know, folks know each other, and uh, you know, we, we, we are constant exchange. And I ask around, like, how many of your customers? And I can say for all, our customers as well, how many of your customers canceled the contract during COVID because of you know constraints? And um, you know, for us, the answer is none. No customer canceled, and uh, you know, the others had similar answers. And I think you know what this tells me, and what this should tell the whole world, is then that. Um, you know, this is kind of the, 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 the big proof that visibility is considered critical infrastructure for those who have it rather than a nice-to-have functionality, right? So in that sense, and only in that very particular sense, I'm, I'm glad that we had this challenge because it allowed us to prove the value of this tool. Yeah, you know, disruption drives innovation, and, and exactly what you said. Uh, you're talking about your customers and your customers' customers. Uh, who's out uh, actively seeking to improve their visibility? I, I guess really the, the question is, who are your customers? What kind of uh, demographics are there? Okay, great, yeah. So um, in Europe, for example, um, we see that we're super strong in the automotive and manufacturing um, and freight forwarding, right? You know, this is where, where we have a... Good position. This is where we see the demand is coming from. And the United States is it's a little different. So we see many of the retail companies importing stuff, a lot of stuff. They want to know, you know, when is it going to be at Long Beach? When is it going to be in Savannah and Houston, right? So uh, when is it coming in? And uh, in the United States, also many of the exporters. So um, we work with many of the paper pulp industry companies, with the chemical companies, right? So those are the major American export companies. And, um, you know, I'd say they are pretty much driving the agenda, right, as far as we are concerned. And then not to forget FMCG. FMCG you can't ignore, and, uh, you know, they are big everywhere in the world. And uh, I, I, I guess everyone, every visibility in the, these days has a, has a specific offering for FMCGs. Robin, really interesting. And you know what I also appreciate? You don't sound like a salesperson. And I think a lot of times in freight, when you're trying these solutions, you, you don't want to sell like a salesperson. Because again, they're, they're almost customer enterprise service tools. These are, you're asking someone to fundamentally change the way they do their operations, but in the good. But what do you think is the biggest close? How do people close on Ocean Insights? What, what do you think is the biggest sell factor? Um, um, endurance. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> not, not losing hope. So, you know, we think um, you know it, it takes time until the the vet message resonates well with customers. You know it takes time, and you know you, have, uh, you, you usually deal with the IT department, the sales department, the customer support department, logistics department. You know uh, it's it's kind of a, 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 a long way until you have someone signing up for such a service. Um, but I think um, you know I think what what we try to be different at is or what we you know what we want to be considered like is, is we want to we want to make sure they know the people behind this, right? So it's software as a service, indeed. But I want to make sure they know my face. I want to make sure they know my salespeople's face. I want to know that they know this. Like you know, we, we we know about the responsibility that rests on our shoulders. We track millions and millions of containers, and we know that these da this data is uh, woven deep into the ERP landscape. Um, you know, the 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 enterprise planning software landscape. And um, you know, I think my message. Uh, to you and, and, and also maybe the message to our customers and what you know what's what's closing the deal is in that we're not going to let you down. What we do is something that's been in the market for a couple of years. It's not in beta testing. It's not an early stage kind of uh, pipe dream. It's 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 something that's uh, you know uh, battle tested. Yeah, Robin, where do people go to learn more? Well, you know they could first check out our website, but they should then probably just find the get in touch link and uh, drop us a message. 
right? And other than that, I think, you know, um, there are many great resources to inform yourself about, um, you know, visibility in general, because I yeah. think, you know, whether you buy Ocean Insights, go with P44, Forecast, I don't know, you name it. Everyone has slightly different uh, services. Um, you know, the one folks, they focus on Robin, we focus on Ocean. Robin, anyway, thank you. Th Robin, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for joining us out of Germany. We're about to pull into an ad. But you want to hear more about visibility, stay tuned for the next segment with Jet McCandless and Paige Cox coming up now. Psych, we're not Paige and Jet McCandless. We're still Kevin Hill and Duder here on Put That Coffee Down. That's the truth. You know, talk about visibility is a little irony. I thought we were jumping into that segment. But it turns out you still got 15 more minutes with us, so sit back, enjoy, and uh, pick that coffee up. You know, by the way, by the way, go to live.freightwaves.com, register, win that Nespresso. We're giving five of them away. Also, vote on those demos that are going on right now. But I'm glad we have 15 minutes. You know why? You know why, Kevin Hill? Why? Because we didn't really, we touched on it, but we didn't really open up, open up the wound. And that is that visibility is not just about aggregation, but it's about presentation. It's about presentation. You mean how you put the data together yeah. and how you consume it and, and integrate it with, with everything else you're doing? Is that what you're talking about? Uh, that's exactly what I'm okay. talking about. Uh, then we're on the same page. Yeah, so, yeah so, because, I mean, this is a one-screen solution. One-screen solution. Everyone talks about a one-screen solution. It means integrations. It means APIs. It means uh, condensed workflow. Uh, and it is kind of like uh, paperless. It just never seems to happen. It just never seems to happen. And I, I think there's, there's really great strides being made right now. But uh, there's all kinds of disparate software systems out there and integration and, and being able to consume it uh, without you know, creating a lot of havoc or work or errors is still something that uh, the entire industry is, is struggling with. Now, based on what Robin said, do you think you have a better understanding of how to sell the visibility product and how to present it? Because I get a feeling, I have a feeling from some yeah. of the comments on LinkedIn and comments on here that one of the easiest clothes would be if you told some people they could take, they get rid of the five monitors they have, their mission command or their 20 tabs open and just further centralize it. I, that would be a, a huge buying point. If, yeah. you, if you can give me to one tab, one screen, I, I don't have uh, to, to look like a, a Wall Street trader uh, with, with my 20 screens uh, monitoring everything all over the, 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 the earth. I think that would be a really good selling point. I have a question, too, for the audience. For those of you who are running the virtual booths, how do you sell through a virtual booth? I haven't run a virtual booth. I, I mean, we know some fundamentals of networking. We know some fundamentals uh, of dealing with LinkedIn, dealing with all of those kind of things. But a virtual booth is a, is a different game. And by the way, if you want to talk to those yep. Ocean Insights cats, you can go over to their virtual booth. You can check it out. Again, live.freightwaves.com. Live.freightwaves.com is always your portal for everything FreightWaves events. And on the Slack channel, we're talking about LinkedIn, Linked Up, I think is the name of it. Yes, Linked oh, yes. Up is that, that channel in Slack. Go in there, share your LinkedIn uh, link, and connect with it with everybody at the, the, the conference. I wasn't able to make it to the uh, to the uh, to the happy not the happy hour, but the lunch icebreaker. Icebreaker. Thank you. The, the icebreaker, but that's always enjoyable. Uh, I'll, I'll be there uh, in the afternoon session of that. Uh, great way to network, meet people, uh. Uh, create contact. I, I see something came came across the screen. Well, Tom Curry says uh, everyone says they want one screen, but we all know on the floor, <laughs> screens equal respect. It does. It does. <laughs> you know, so here, here's a really awesome quote that I have from Dustin Strickland. He's a senior product manager from a cloud software. And uh -huh. he said, it's funny how much a shipper can influence a trucking company's need for technology. 
Now, keep that in mind. Keep that leverage in mind, shippers. How much you can leverage a trucking company. Maybe not an ocean carrier. They're a little harder to leverage. You got a smaller sort of cabal mm-hmm. of companies going on there. But that, that need for visibility, that need for technology. And if you look at it, too, I mean, I'm not the, the ocean lines. I mean, Maersk was one of the first ones to jump on board with IBM to, to mm-hmm. make a blockchain solution. But then the problem was because of the way those networks are, the other, they're like, no, I'm not using that solution. I, I know, right? Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's always interesting how the customers can uh, force business models, right? You have to make those sales. You have to make those sales. So you have to supply what the customer wants. And if it's visibility, you better invest in visibility. If it's other technologies out there, you better invest in those. If they want integrations <laughs> and APIs, you better do that. If they want a CSR rep to give them a call and give them a, a, an update over the phone, you get them a CSR rep. How, so how do you do that? How do you you train how do you train the customer right to because as he said we have great csr reps and we're not trying to get all the csr reps in no. the world fired or something like that but there's a lot of unneeded and unnecessary time and time wasting and that's why we're building these visibility solutions and people are very well aware of the time sink that these things are so how do you, how would you recommend doing that retraining now, that's a very tough, t- t- tough answer. I mean, you could say you could save, save 12% if you do it this way, but that's not really training. You know, it's yeah. more like a carrot and a stick almost. Well, because a lot of people don't want to go to their customer. You know, they're, they're, and I had and this say thing you're too. doing it wrong? Well, no, people would reach out. They would call it when I'm at the brokerage or when I'm in sales. And, mm-hmm. you know, especially in sales, one of the things that could happen in freight sales is you sell someone something, but then they also think that you are the one doing the customs entry clearance, doing the dispatching, doing the booking and all that stuff. And it's like, I've been on both sides of the roles, so I know the responsibilities of both sides. And for a salesperson, like, look, a lot of those guys don't know exactly the ins and outs of the operations while they're out on the road. They're, they're not the best people to contact for your customer service needs. They're good for servicing the account, but mm-hmm. not the shipment. Yeah, the, the actual X's and O's and, yeah. and dotting the I's and crossing the T's, uh, you know, salespeople aren't always that, that meticulous. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they're more of visionary people so, sometimes, but so there's a lot of detailed-oriented uh, uh, you know, uh, salespeople out there. So yeah, it's, it's not always the best. But how to to retrain, how to to do that? I I don't know. I don't think anyone really has that that magic bullet or or that potion to be able to do it because we always just keep coming back and talking to yeah. to to everybody. But every organization, how do you retrain? Freight forwarders. How do you retrain, you know, uh, freight brokers? How do you retrain shippers to to do things uh, differently? Well, here's something I didn't do that maybe I could have done differently. If I'm being self-critical, like I would get, like especially on the sales side, I would get, I'd be like, Ugh, you know, you would do it. You'd be because you don't want to upset a customer. You don't want to be the one to force their hand into that retraining. You know, you might want to like and grumble after afterwards and, and grip your steering wheel extra hard. Um, and and when you're on the broker side, you might be kind of annoyed by it. But it's it's not really your job on either one of those sides to, well, actually, as a salesperson, it may be. But it's not your job to be like, you know what? You go and look it up yourself. You know, go to this web link. People get yeah. offended, especially the ones who really like talking to that CSR. Um, but I think one thing I could have done better was maybe demo the tool with, with the, 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 the need person, the one who kept contacting me. And then they could maybe see that, uh, that it's a lot quicker than I am. And then maybe I would maybe not be on the ball as much. I'm not, I'm not saying take it from the gas pedal. But I don't know. There's got to be an easier way to retrain people into that funnel. There, there, there has to be. There, there, you know, that'd be a great business idea to to come up and be a consultant to 
and be able to, to train someone's customers on how to use, uh, you know, use their systems or, or to, to, to ease their processes, to, to log into an account, to, to see your, 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 your freight, because everybody wants to know where my freight is, where's my freight, where's my freight, uh, and you give them the keys to do it, and they still want you to do it. Uh, it it's, it's a tough, tough nut to crack. What Robin said too is it's just hard to scale, and that's why mm -hmm. the uh, the that is why you really want to utilize these tools because that's where the oh. money savings and the the ROI comes in. I think you also got to get buy-in from your own salespeople that these visibility tools are are great because a lot of times for salespeople we put these SaaS solutions in the freight tech, and if they're not if they're not getting a direct cut of it. Like, and they're still in sort of a model where they're just getting paid per booking, they might not realize the additional ad values that are coming in, and they might not really see that the visibility or these freight tech tools are now table stakes, so they may not understand. So that is also on your sales manager to make them understand the power and the importance of them. Uh, quick cut in Victoria uh, McClellan, she's from Ryder. She says, uh, yeah. uh, in... in, ref, in uh, Regards to the virtual booth, how do you sell at a virtual booth? She said, okay. you sell through your virtual booth by having a tuner virtual lookalike in your booth. Check out Ryder's <laughs> virtual booth. Uh, yeah, you can also do it by putting a, a funny comment like that because you know yeah. I'm going to read it uh, exactly on right. air for sure. <laughs> uh, Michael Vincent says, you give them the info and show them how easy it is to retrieve it. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish it was that sticky. I, I, I do too. Yeah. It would be great if it was that easy. Maybe, you know, and I don't know if this will work either, but, but convince them that, that you need to be able to scale. If, if you're selling visibility, yeah. uh, you know, the, the more you can scale, the more automated you can make it be more cost savings for them. So allow, you know, have your customers allow you to scale to, to be able to, to, to get a better visibility at a, at a lower cost. And I don't know if that's, that, that really works either. Let me ask I, you I think this. it's probably better than Vincent's suggestion, but let me ask you by, this. So if, you're, if you're the rep picking up the phone, you're doing your cold calls, right? Do you th do you think you should lean into the invisibility? I know a lot of sales reps because it's freight. They're going to want to lean into the cost of lane. They're going to want to lean into uh, covering your capacity. Those kind of things. They might want to lean into the customer service. When do you throw the the visibility in there? Is that during that sell? Is that during the pitch? Is that more of an enterprise solution? How how do you look at that? You know that, that's a really good question because I mean five six seven eight years ago I would have been really heavy visibility. Because yeah. it was just starting out, you know, it was it's not really a competitive advantage, but it is it's something that you could throw out that a lot of other people didn't. But as we we said earlier, it's table stakes now. It's table stakes now. So it would be part of uh, of a of, of a bundle of services that would be an integral or maybe a central point into that, and maybe the the hub of different spokes that that you're going to sell. Um, but but to, to go overboard on, on, on visibility, unless it's, it's, it's something that is very receptive, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not, maybe it's not that lead. I don't know. What do you think? What do I think? I mean, I, I, I what guess do you think? it really I, depends. I, I mean, it's, it, look, if there was one solution for every archetype of customer, sure, then that's, uh, that's the you wouldn't need us. You could just follow the template. You know, you could yeah, just no, do right? your own thing. I think you really have to figure out what the pain points are. And that's what it comes down to. Like most sales, you have to figure out. And if you're on that discovery call and they go, you know, my people are tied up all the time. They're frustrated dealing with, with customer service mm -hmm. reps. They can't get the answers. We always are yelling, where's my freight around this office? Then, Hell yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You, telling you, you, you about yeah. visibility. That's a big, big deal. That's a big push. I, I'll, I'll do a Ferrari move, right? That's all I'm going to talk about. Of course. That's all I'm going to talk about. I'm not, I'm not going to talk about anything. If they uh, are focused on visibility, that's what I'm going to sell them. Yeah. If they could care less or, or maybe, you know, if, if it's a, a 
a more minor point, if they have bigger fish to fry, bigger problems ahead, I'm going to focus on those problems, but I am going to push visibility. You have to push visibility. Why don't we uh, give away a book? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Although I want to mention one thing. Oh, okay. If you go to that Ocean Insights virtual booth, I was just looking at their copy, by the way, over here. It says uh, it highlights the inside view that integrates more than 45 shipping lines, 700 ports, and more than 5,000 vessels. The module uses the, the master bill of lading, that's your MBL, or the booking number to allow a user to access real-time data and review its various stages. I mean, I love visibility so much that a lot of this stuff is easy sells. For me, the harder sell is yeah, that no, right. now there's just a lot of visibility solutions, well, so which exact one do you pick? Well, I think, I think you have the container visibility, but you have the document visibility, and that's something that I would actually push, the document visibility and the, the, the process of clearing and, uh, and, and, you know, the document kind of clearing and visibility of where it is in that stage in, in customs and in and, and, and the port. Well, Tom Curry says uh, from Kingsgate Logistics, he's their SVP. He knows a little bit about this. The challenge is most of your sales reps don't know how to use these tools. I 100% agree. They use a back-end version, a back-end different version often, and getting them to use uh, to use it exactly is what how the client will use it will help. Then they can easily communicate the value and teach the customer how it brings value. Yeah, you, if you're both looking at the same mirror, it's a, it's a lot easier, right, than trying to be in the funhouse where you're getting distorted views on both sides. You can't train. It's like trying to watch. Uh, I don't know, cut your hair with uh, left-handed scissors in a, in a mirror or something. I, I know. And Tom always has that great That might not advice. be a problem for, for us, well, but other true, people. True, true. Other, <laughs> other people at mine, you know, shaping your beard with your left hand. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's going to get uh, dangerous. Uh, you know, you got to be careful because you go a little too much on this side, then you got to bring up the other side, and then, like, next thing you know, you look at a schnauzer. I, I know. Yeah. Uh, you <laughs> yeah, got a book us. here from our friend, Mr. Yeah. Supply Chain. Supply Chain <laughs> Management for Dummies from Mr. Supply Chain himself, Daniel Stanton, who will be on What the Truck during the conference tomorrow. Is that right? He's going to be on What the Truck Tomorrow, of what course. What the Truck Tomorrow, yeah. yeah. Be... But this is his book. It's a, a best-selling book, and uh, let's uh, do the drawing. Let's do the drawing. Uh, there's no way for me to draw. You know what? Uh, you you know what we're going to do this one special. When we so on LinkedIn, right? If you follow Kevin Hill or myself, yes. Timothy Dooner or Kevin Hill, uh, we will promote this episode. We put the on-demand version. The first person to like that post gets that book. I like that. That's how we're doing it this time, because we don't have the drawing numbers. <laughs> we don't have to roll. Guys, connect with us. We always like to have these conversations, these coaching things. We like to learn from you as much as you do for, from us. You can find me at Timothy Dooner. That's D-O-O-N-E-R on the Twitter or on LinkedIn. You can find him, Kevin Hill, or at Kevin Hill, C-L, on the Twitter. I got to tell you right now, I, I'm a huge LinkedIn fan. I like it. But I'm getting a little bored with LinkedIn because every single post is formatted the same way, like that mm -hmm. very parable style, like two sentences, two sentences, yeah. space, every noun space, every noun space. And the other anno annoying thing is that there's, like, political fights going on as people try to wrangle away the Facebookian uh, shift that's going on. But the problem is when people comment to yell at people about putting political posts, then that political post ends up in my feed because I'm seeing the person yelling about it. And it's just like, man, can we go back to normal LinkedIn? I, Can we yeah, go back? Just hit unfollow. Unfollow. Anything <laughs> I don't like, I just unfollow. Guys, like we said, this podcast live uh, every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Eastern time, but also on demand. Look it up on your favorite podcast player. That is Put That Coffee Down or Freightcasting at every single Freightways podcast. Now, Jet and Paige will be following us. I got friends, only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. Yeah. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I've been out of work. I've been shutting out the stars. Yeah. Cause when it rain, then it pours. Yeah. And I'm ready for some more. Yeah. And I've been reading.